Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With calving slowing down, dairy farmers are turning their attention to selecting cows within their herds that are suitable for dairy AI and a bull team ahead of the breeding season. Dairy advisor Bernadette Bennett joins us to give advice to make the best decisions to maximise genetic gain for your herd. And Bernadette started by giving insight into her dairy client's current performance. I'm based in North Tipperary. And I am dealing with farmers who have, on average, 139 cows on their farms. So the national average is about 90 cows. So they kind of have um, an extra 49 cows over the average. The average EBI of the cows on my clients' farms is around 152 euro. So the average EBI of herd supplying the local creameries is about 125 euro. So it's about 27 euro higher than the, the creamery average. And then the milk production, Emily's on the farms I'm dealing with is they're producing about 463 kilos of solids. Um, so again, 427 kilos is the average to the local creameries. So it's about 36 kilos extra than what's going um, to the local creamery. So the herds I have are not a representative sample of herds supplying the local creameries, but it is interesting to have a look at the herds within my client list and see how EBI is impacting their production. And, and looking at that, you talk about an elevated EVI of 27 compared to their, um, I suppose, others supplying at the local creamery. You know, how do you see EBI delivering for those herds? Yeah, so I looked at about 100 herds on ICBF that are on also on Herd Plus. So being on Herd Plus means that I get a complete picture of the production figures, the EBI prediction figures, the calving details, fertility reports, milk recordings, all that data and any extra data that the farmer has added. So, you know, if if the farmer puts up the weights of his cows or if he puts up if there's a cow lame or anything like that, if there's any additional information gone up like that, I can go in and have a look at it. So I suppose um, I just looked at all the EBIs of my farms and I just ranked them to the top 20 percent down to the lowest 20 percent. So what I see is the top 20 percent for EBI have an EBI of 186 euro. And then farmers are producing 500, sorry, 498 kilos of solids, so almost 500 kilos of solids. Um, and within the makeup of those herds in the top 20%, there are some new entrants and expanding herds. So, you know, Emma Louise, that those herds tend to buy heifers, and the heifers tend to be the most genetically advanced animals in the herds. So it kind of makes sense that those top 20% would have a share of new entrants or expanding herds. Um, And then when I looked at the bottom 20% of herds in my cohort, just for EBI, they had an EBI of 121 euro. So they're 65 euro behind the top 20%. Um, They're producing 451 kilos of solids. So they're about 47 kilos less than the top lads. And when we look at kind of what one euro of solids, sorry, what one kilo of solids is worth, it's about six euro. So The top 20% of herds on EBI on my client list are getting roughly an additional €282 in milk revenue per cow. Um, And with the average size of herds that I deal with being 139 cows, that means they're getting about €39,000 extra ahead of the bottom 20%. 
And that's a fairly significant number, Bernadette, 39,000 euro. Um, f- for those herds, is that straight adi- additional profit to the bottom line? Or, you know, is there extra expense for those herds? Yeah, so I suppose whether your cow is a 400 kilo cow or she's a 500 kilo cow, she's going to cost the same amount to keep because she's going to need her cubicle bed and she's going to need the slurry storage and she's going to eat the same amount of silage and, and grass. So when you look at it, Emma Louise, in 2021, um, the average cost of keeping a cow on a dairy farm was €1,650, after which you have to pay your loans, your tax and yourself. And like this year, that cost is only going to go up. So I suppose those cows that are delivering more cost the same to keep as as the cows that are maybe the marginal cows in the group. Can, Can you give us a definition of marginal cows as you see it, Bernadette? Yeah, so the cows that I would see that will be marginal cows or maybe the cows that are prone to lameness or they have a high cell count, they might have a poor temperament, they might have um, low milk production figures on milk recordings, or maybe they have suboptimal fertility. So they're just not doing as well within the herd as, as your top cows. And I suppose in some cases, those marginal cows, we might not want to cull them, Emily, because they might not be, I suppose, too bad, you know, that they are delivering something to the herd. So, you know, when we go in and have a look then at our breeding policy, we can mark those cows for to be bred to beef or to be bred to crossbreeding, you know, but those will be the cows that you would kind of aim to breed to beef because they're not going to be genetics that you want to keep in the herd going forward. And I think, Bernadette, you know, it, it's always the thing if you have an AI straw in that cow and she produces a heifer, particularly early in the calving season, there's always a temptation to keep her. So, as you say, if you select her out for beef AI, she's going to produce a beef calf, regardless of whether it's male or female. So you don't necessarily have that temptation there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And on reflection, um, you know, how can farmers identify exactly what they're looking for in their bulls and their bull team for the breeding season ahead? Yeah. So when we look at our EBI report, Emma-Louise, you know, it gives us a star rating on where our herd is for milk or fertility or, you know, in EBI in general. So I suppose it's always important to to pick traits that are better than what's already in the herd. So if you only have two stars for milk, you know, you really need to then concentrate on improving the milk within the herd. So even if you don't know kind of what the euro figure means, there is a a page there on the EBI report that gives you where you rank in comparison to the rest of the herds that are that have an EBI. So it's a really simple way of seeing where you are and where you need to go. And you also mentioned, Bernadette, you know, that. I suppose the amount of information you put into Herd Plus will, you know, I suppose give you more power when you go um, selecting cows that are suitable for dairy AI, beef AI, and, and maybe even culling from the herd. You know, I suppose, what is your recommendation for farmers to fully um, get the most benefit from that? Yeah, so like I would always recommend that you keep really, really good records and you do put them up onto the ICBF Herd Plus. So if you're talking there that you've a cow that's lame, I'd be saying to record that lameness on Herd Plus and to select out those cows. So, for example, M. Louise, I deal with a farmer who has who used to have a, a big problem with lameness um, and he just started to select out. So a cow that was lame got marked for beef. So there's no um, genetics from that cow going to be used going forward in the herd and he's at the stage now where he has an extremely low level of lameness in the herd you know he's really managed to breed out that problem that was for in his herd 
Looking to soil selection, Bernadette, like what is important for your herds and what is the advice that you would give herds um, as they're selecting bulls? Look, there's a fantastic selection of bulls available. And I suppose when I see, um, when I look at the EBIs, it's clear that the, the group of people who are selecting sires really carefully for EBI, they're powering ahead of those who are kind of using stock bulls or low EBI bulls. So Firstly, what I'd be saying to, to anybody selecting sires is to select a team of bulls. So if you have 50 to 100 cows, you're going to use seven bulls. And if you have 100 to 150 cows, you're looking at using eight bulls. And this increases the bull team reliability. We also need to use those bulls equally. So each bull should be used about 15% of the time. And overuse of bulls is, is especially prevalent for heifers, where I often see farmers select one easy calf and bull and they use them across their entire bunch of heifers. And that can be problematic then if that bull goes down in EBI, you know, and all your best bred animals in the herd are just bred to that bull that's after going down. So it is really important to kind of spread out your risk and to use a number of bulls. And on that, Bernadette, like, you know, that is really common um, that you would use one bull for the heifers. You identify, you know, um, a, a bull on the active bull list that is, low in terms of calving difficulty and you know you think you're onto a winner and there is situations where you know the genetics have gone down and that as you say is is affecting those um really high uh, genetic merit animals in the herd taking into account your um average herd size of 139 cows and like say you know farmers do tend to carry between 20 and 25 percent replacements so just doing a quick calculation here that's roughly 30 or 35 heifers that will be bred in in your particular herds how many bulls should they have to um, inseminate the heifer crop yeah absolutely so when you look at the herds my herds we'd be saying that each with each bull being only used a maximum 15 percent of the time that if you are in a situation where you have 35 heifers to breed you are looking that you're using a minimum of three bulls so at least three bulls that are suitable for heifers and moving on then you know once you um select your team of bulls you know you have um i guess an average of the the, the full team is there any particular headline figures that you see farmers should target, you know, across the important traits um, of that team? Yeah. So what I'd be saying is, you know, your EBI. So when we look at EBI, we want the team average to be 270 euro. So the bull team average to be 270 euro. And no bull in that mix should be below 200 euro. For fertility, we want them to be the team to be 120 euro with no bull lower than 80 euro. For milk, we want the team average to be 80 euro with no bull lower than 50 euro. And then on our health, we want every bull to have a positive on health. So our team average will be about 5 euro. And then moving on to beef, Emma-Louise, when we look at kind of the beef traits, we want them to be greater or equal to minus 16 euro. And this should ensure adequate genetics for carcass weight gain in any offspring that go for beef. So generally the, the bull calves. And finally, Bernadette, um, what are your observations um, for farmers to produce better genetics for future cows in their herd, regardless of where their EBI is at right now? Yeah, so regardless of where your EBI is, you can still make positive breeding decisions to improve the performance and profitability of your herd. And I suppose that's really important. Like if you are someone who's down on a low, low EBI, you know, you can make genetic gain very quickly. So 
One of the things I'd say is, you know, if you're trying to aim for good fat and protein percentages, so, you know, if you're aiming for 9% solids, if you want 5% fat and 4% protein in your herd going forward, then you're aiming to get your fat PD to 0.28 and your protein PD to 0.18. So make sure you select bulls that have high fat and protein PD. Um, the other thing I'd say, Emma Louise, is, you know, to be careful with selecting dams, that selecting dams is as important as selecting the sires. So, you know, you can mark them there on ICBF for, for culling or for beef or for crossbreeding. So to make sure you do have a look at that. Um, the other thing I would always say to farmers is to genotype their animals. So when we look at EBI, you know, it's just a prediction of what traits they get from their dam and what traits they get from their sire. But if you go ahead and genotype the animal, you'll get what actual genetic makeup is gone into that animal. And it'll give you a much better predictor of how that animal is going to perform. So, you know, we don't know when we look at EBI and there's no genotype, it's only really a, a real prediction. So we really do need that genotype to, to get a, a good feel of what has actually happened. Um, and in particular, Emma Louise, before a farmer sells surplus heifers, I would always recommend that they genotype the whole batch of animals. Like otherwise they will accidentally sell off really good genetics. And, you know, they've spent years trying to build up those genetics. So they want to get the use of them themselves. So, you know, before you go and sell a, a batch of heifers, make sure you have a genotype for them all so that you can you can see what genes that those heifers did get um, and to make sure that they are the bunch that you should be selling then. Um, the other thing I would say, Louise, is on the, the breeding chart, you know, the ICBF Herd Plus is a very simple website to work. You know, if you're signed up for Herd Plus, your ag advisor can go in and work it for you or maybe your, your AI sales team. So, you know, even if you're not very good on the computer, you can still get someone to work it for you. Um, and just to get that off, that breeding um the selection of bulls off to ICBF as soon as you can so that they can do up a breeding chart that they can post out to you. I think there's some really excellent uh, points there, Bernadette, particularly, as you say, some farmers are in the situation where they have surplus heifers and to really make sure that you know what the genetics are of those animals. So you are retaining the very best for your herd. And that final point on the breeding chart, you know, there is a lull in calving. A lot of people are talking about that at the moment where they've moved from their dairy AI into beef. Um, so, you know, while you have that breather, do your best to get that breeding chart off and you'll have it ready for the start of the breeding season. Thank you, Bernadette. Thank you, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Bernadette Bennett for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.